2021 Ireland 10 and Ireland's bid for a third Six Nations title in a row is now officially over as England's ruthlessness earned them a convincing win. Tries from Anthony Watson and Mike Brown helped England to victory as Ireland once again paid the price for their failure to convert their chances to scores. And that was the sound of off the ball's Kian Murtagh at Twickenham, summing up a disappointing Six Nations result for Ireland. This is the Monday Rewind. I'm Raf Giallo, sitting in for Oisín Langan. We'll have more on the rugby shortly with Keane's post-match catch-ups with Rob Kearney, first of all, and Rhys Ruddock, plus in-depth off-the-ball analysis with Bernard Jackman and the Irish Times' Gavin Comiskey on the game. And I'll also be chatting to ex-Ireland Chelsea and Crystal Palace fullback Paddy Mulligan about a weekend that saw Liverpool and Man City play in the Capital One Cup final and results that had a huge bearing on the Premier League title race. First, here's an excerpt from Kian Murta's post-match chat with Rob Carney, including how the three newcomers, Josh van der Fleer, Stuart McCluskey and Alton Delan, settled into the squad. The build-up to the game, Rob, with uh, Eddie Jones talking about uh, Johnny Sexton and his parents, what did the player group think of that? To be honest, genuinely, we didn't speak once about it. Right. You know, We're so used to all this noise going on in, in the background that there's that absolutely no effect on the 80 minutes out there. So I think it's something that we've gotten better at over the years is, is having that ability to just to block off everything that's said in the outside. Uh, so... Yeah, it's, it's genuinely, it's not something that affects us. You had chances, as you said, in the second half to uh, to score some tries and, and very unfortunate on two occasions. But there is a sense in the team that you're just not converting the chances that you do create. Is, is that a problem? And how do you fix it? I don't think it's a problem. Uh, we just need to start taking them. You know, the margins are so small. Where Robbie's only a couple of centimetres away from that ball in the corner. And, you know, on another day, Josh would have been given. So... I, th- I think it has been better than it has been over the last couple of weeks. We're getting into the 22, we're creating a few more chances. Uh, we probably just need a little bit more ball today. Joe's just been talking about the teams in maybe in a phase of transition at the moment. That must be enormously frustrating, though, for the players who are actually out on the pitch that you know you guys want results. Yeah, of course you do, but you can't always be riding the crest of the wave. And there is times of transition, and perhaps we are in one. But at the same time, we need to make sure that you know we're not making any excuses, and the team that goes out are doing as best they can. And you know, I, th- I think we did play quite well today at times. And as I say, if we took some of those opportunities, it, it could have been a very different scoreboard. What were they like in the camp this week, Rob, the three newcomers? Were they a bit of freshness? They were good, they were fresh, they were hugely excited. Uh, and, you know, I think everyone else around was was very happy that they got the opportunity they deserved. And, you know, we probably would have liked to make it a more special day for those three guys. But unfortunately, we didn't. And we just need to look forward now. That was Rob Kearney speaking to Kean. Rhys Ruddock also spoke to him after the game, starting off with Ireland not capitalising on chances. Joe spotted that as well about kind of letting them off the hook when you got into the 22 with some really good play and then not being able to convert it into scores. How much of that is down to their defence and how much of it is down to your own ability to convert chances? I think there's a bit of both there. Uh, Obviously you have to have a uh, a bit of a better look at it but um, yeah I definitely think they were putting us under a lot of pressure both in the tackle and the breakdown the, you know some real line speed getting off the line uh, putting our carriers under pressure uh, and then you know going hard at the ball whether it be trying to poach or kick, kick the ball or whatever they were doing was you know just aimed on putting us under pressure slow our ball down um, but then I think we had opportunities as well where you know one more pass or even just you know them defensively getting their hand under the ball or whatever the reason was for that try um, so yeah fine margins and that's what it is at you know test match level so um, we just need to learn how to um, I suppose make sure that when those opportunities come around next time we uh, capitalize and you know score, score the tries. What was it like coming into that game as well it seemed another incredibly physical match and there also seemed to be a bit of couple of hits going in off the ball again did, did, was, am I just being paranoid now at this stage uh, oh I don't know out there obviously you yeah. concentrating on your own job especially as a forward you're more uh, trying to win the ball I didn't see anything but um, yeah it is physical and uh, especially the way England defend I think you know they try and as I said line speed uh, very strong tacklers across the team and also that pressure on the breakdown so that allows them time to set and get off the line again so uh, yeah, it makes for a physical game, and um, yeah, I think you know all, all teams these days are using that ploy of getting line speed and being as physical as they can in the tackle.
That was Reese Ruddock, but now let's get some detailed analysis on the game. Bernard Jackman joined off the balls Joe Malloy on the show yesterday to reflect on the game, but first off, he put his questions to Gavin Comiskey, who was in studio beside him. England 21, Ireland 10. This uh, was about as good as I think I could possibly feel about losing 21-10 at Twickenham. I came away buoyed up by the second half Irish performance in particular, but, but really the approach from uh, right through. So tell us what you made of it at the stadium. The last 20 minutes... Because it looked like um, it looked like when Mike Brown went over that we were going for one of those one of those tough old days yeah. in that ground, and this team didn't let didn't allow that to happen. Still didn't get another point, which was disappointing. Um, it needed everything to go their way. That Robbie Henshaw try needed to happen. Van der Flyers try was a try, and uh, Roman Pot asked the wrong question. Yeah. So it wasn't a try. It wasn't given. Um, that was a real. That was a real. As Schmidt said afterwards, he goes, we can't, first thing he said was, we can't, we can't get a trick out of any refs at the moment. Yeah. This is one of his instinctive things that he said. But I don't think there's any doubt in the world that it was one of Polo's game. It was England's Pac's game. Mm. Um, for all the, the CJ Stander and Jamie Heaslip probably had the same performances that they normally have, but they got blown out of it by Haskell and Vonapola and yeah. Rob Shaw was, Rob Shaw was right up there as well. That was, that was the main, they just, they just ground us out of it. There was, yeah. it was always the fear. Um, a lot of things went really bad with Ireland. Um, a main thing, it comes back to the leadership group again now, which is brand new. Rory Best's line-out didn't work. So Devin Toner, who's having a good season, him and Best, that, that malfunctioned. And that gave us no chance of stealing a victory there, you know? Yeah. So you're not as buoyed up as I seem to have been. No, because I was... I was really, really happy at half time that it was, if from an Irish fan's perspective, that it was 6 3, yeah. because we should have, I thought we were going to, should have been seriously down by half time. I thought at least they should at least got one try. And then the first 10 minutes of the second half, the Ireland performance just came from, I just didn't see it coming. It was, must have been really encouraging being back home and watching it and with, with a, in, or in a group of fans or something like that. But in the press box, it was like, I can't believe he's done this. He's de- and it was just little kind of tactical shifts that got them into position. And all of a sudden, it did so many things seem possible, you know what I mean? Mm. And we needed, we always knew to win in England, there needed to be two scores and hang on, two scores ahead and hang on. That was the only chance, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And they never got there. Stick on your headphones there, Gav. Bernard Jackman is with us. Bernard, your, overtake on the, your overall take on the Irish performance? Yeah, listen, I think it was brave. Um, uh, but... Uh, I just watched it this afternoon because we had a game yesterday, so uh, uh watched it with a bit of clarity in terms of, uh, I knew the result and, and no emotion, but I felt that, to be honest, we were overpowered, um, and we hung in there, and, you know, we, we nearly had a try from Robbie, we nearly had a try from Josh van der Flyer, but I, I felt there was, there was too many areas that didn't function to be able, to be able to take, um, you know, too many positives out of it. I think that, unfortunately, um, at the moment, we're trying to play a power game without the power athletes. Uh, and uh, when we came up against, you know, uh, Gavin spoke about, you know, Heaslip and, and uh, Stander having games of the same quality they've had against the, in other games, but getting smashed back. And, uh, you know, Funapola was just, it was outstanding. It was, mm-hmm. men against, it, was, it was a man against boys. And um, if you look at the Irish teams in the, in the Champions Cup, uh, when they've come up against the, the the more powerful English sides or French sides, they've really struggled, and uh, we're lacking that bulk and that power um, to to compete in, in, with the same brand of rugby they have. Yeah, when you say we're playing a power game, Bernard, well, spe- specifically, what are you talking about? What well, are we we're doing? talking about trying to trying to win collisions through um, through playing flat in the gain line rather than actually trying to um, trying to exploit space. Um, I think that that's. That's the core, but you know, if you look at the the, the All Blacks, um, they're they're one of the few international teams, uh, them and Australia, who've kind of really looked at not putting size on players, um, but making sure that their um, their shape and their fitness levels and their skill levels uh, gives them opportunities to to hurt those bigger sides over eighty minutes. Mm. Um, but if you look at our our style of game plan, uh, our style of rugby at the moment in terms of our attack, first of all, it's relentless trying to recycle the ball um, having really high rock efficiency which is, in fairness is what built what got us two championships um, but at the moment we don't have an edge in terms of our, our rook work um, the teams we're playing against seem to have adapted to our ability to, to, to create quick ball and um, we're losing 
in a lot of collisions, and that's when the attacking side of the ball. Yeah. Defensively, you know, uh, on average, we're making 180 tackles plus a game. Um, that's a huge amount of of uh, of effort just to defend, and also we're defending a lot going backwards, which again means you know we have it's hard for to run to to in terms of getting uh, into shape in terms of our defence. And if you look at England's defence compared to our defence yesterday um, in terms of line speed, I know everyone talks about line speed, but we were actually going we were playing six phases going back twenty yards, and England. With that pressure they were putting on, they were going forward 20 yards in defence. And eventually Ireland had to kick uh, when didn't really suit us to kick. And that, they're little issues that yeah. probably came up during the World Cup. And uh, and it's very hard to fix things during a, during a, a campaign. And there has been injuries. And, and, and Gavin spoke about the leadership group in terms of the line-out, etc. So there's loads of reasons why. But I think that, uh, for me, I think when you compare the two teams yesterday, I think you have to say Eddie Jones has done a pretty good job in, in a short space of time in terms of implementing an attacking framework that um, in fairness it's built on it's built on guys like Vinopola getting over the game line and everything is easier um, in attack once, you, once you've done that but uh, I, I think that Ireland there's, there's still still a lot of work to do um, but you can't question the you know the bravery and, and the effort that was shown but there's a lot of work to do in terms of our fundamentals Right. Lots of interesting points raised there, Bernard. I'm just breaking off for a second. Uh, let's get the thoughts of uh, Joe Schmidt. He was giving his thoughts here about where we are. I'm positive by nature. I think uh, I think we try to play positively. Um, I think we demonstrated that today uh, with the enterprise we showed. And um, we, we're going to keep trying to do that. Um, I am excited about some of the young guys who are coming in. Um, and, you know... <laughs> Some of them have, have spent a week or two with us, uh, you know, in in match day mode or building to a match day mode, and you know, that they've they've shown hints at, uh, that they they can well step up to this level, and so um, you know, that that's got to be positive going forward, um, you know, and and getting close, uh, you know, you're you're a whisker away when the ball slips out of out of your grasp. You're 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 a whisker away when you don't quite get a, a decision because you've gone over the line, um, and uh, again in behind a couple of line breaks today that uh, I, I thought we I thought we really challenged them and um, you know I, I think they're a they're a really good team they're a very settled team I, I think um, you know they've had very very good uh, consistency of of selection through this championship so far and. and all those players are very well known to us from the last two years. Uh, so, you know, uh, to be honest, it's really tough at the moment um, f- for players who take so much pride and, and and make such a big effort to try to do the very best they can that, that we're not quite getting the result. But I, I don't seriously feel that we're a million miles away. Mm. That's uh, Joe Schmidt speaking post-match Gavin Cumminski the Irish Times in the studio Bernard Jackman on the line Bernard on your point there about us playing a power game and we're being overpowered uh, feel free to shoot this down completely but to my very untrained eye in comparison to yours it looked to me yesterday watching like we were going through the hands more like at times we were doing it in crazy positions it seems but we were trying to be adventurous and exploit space at times more than we had like Johnny Sexton's uh, line breaks and he was done there was one for obstruction which was uh, a very harsh decision it, it just seemed like we were trying more things and we were going a bit wider at times and it felt better but that oh, yeah, for sure there was, a, there, there was uh, signs of uh, of adapting but it's hard to go from uh, from completely left to, to right handed from left hand to right handed in, in, in a week you yeah. know what I mean? and it will take time but uh, for me if you look I'm, I, I take uh, yesterday's game but over the course of the three games over the course of what we've seen over the last two years how Ireland have set up has been to try and grind teams down through low risk uh, but effective and very hard to beat type of rugby yesterday there was um, there were signs that they were looking to shift now obviously um, it wasn't as probably as accurate as it needs to be to really put defences under pressure because uh, that takes that takes time. But the, like we weren't ready to go to we we weren't ready to go and beat a team like England um, yet. And so you kind of have a mix of half half that old style with signs of of a, of a of a of a change, which is which is good. I think you know everyone felt yeah. that uh, once we once we lost to. Um, uh, once we lost to France, that it was important that we saw the, the short-term focus, which was obviously to 
retain uh, to win a third championship in a row um, needed to change. And then we looked look needed to look to adapt, um, and, and that's positive. But at, at its core, Ireland's game is still built um, around you know being able to knock people over, and um, and that's that's a core part of rugby. But we were very reliant on that, and I think we were still reliant on it to a certain extent yesterday. And we did see shifts. Now sometimes. Um, you know, we were kind of caught in no man's land in that we were we were going wide, but it wasn't really the the shape um, that you need to have on the inside to kind of create that space. And obviously, it was against an English side who have a have a very aggressive, uh, nearly nearly a rush defence. So we were getting caught behind the gain 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 line a lot. Um, but just it was our physicality and our ability to. Uh, to overpower the opponent which no matter what style you play at some stage you're going to have to take contact and yeah, at sure. some stage you're going to have to recycle the ball and it's your ability then to do that quickly and, and knock people back and, and crank up forward even at the breakdown um, which we struggled with yesterday and, and that Ireland have been leading uh, lights in terms of their their newest and their technique and tactics at, at, at the Rook for example um, you know for the last two seasons but you know teams adapting and we were we were the masters of the of the high ball and, and winning those 50-50s in the air now you look at um, you look at teams like Scotland Tommy Seymour uh, last weekend against Wales was exceptional so yeah. every all those all those other teams watch uh, where teams are getting an edge and, and then that becomes something that goes into t- players work on uh, goes into the terms of game plans tactics and they they reach the same level, um, yeah. And you know, and now it's a case of okay, well let's let's find let's find our edge. You know, um, England have us in terms of just you know they've got some really quick creative outside back our finishers, and uh, they've got George Ford is you know a very very good ten in terms of bringing people into the game, and then they've got a you know a pretty good set piece with young athletic uh, forwards who are. Um, able to dominate physically, so that's that's what they have. You know what Ireland have to worry and concentrate on is, you know, where can we find the edge next? Yeah, Gav, talk to us about this adaptation we're trying to uh, engineer through the Six Nations. What the different way we're going about our business? Yeah. Um, there's actually one thing I'd love that for Bernard to talk about it in a minute as well is the uh, what went wrong with the lineout and why we're not seeing more of them all, and what was it just simply. Rory Best and Toner got it wrong, but uh, I think yeah, he, he he did get it right. We tried to go out to retain our Six Nations title, which might have been an error now in hindsight. Mm. But also, there is if you start at a positive, we did we've done pretty well considering the team we've had on the pitch on paper in three games. But now we have to look at now it has to be uh, Scotland Italy. There's two things that have to happen now. You have to win, but also Ulton Delan. We got to see him again. We just have to see him again. That was frightening, wasn't it, when he came on? Um, it was great. It was unbelievable. It reminded me. I think it was Malo Kelly came on a pitch in, against Australia in 1999 yeah. and just did that. And I'm not saying he's Malo Kelly, okay? Because we need to see more evidence. He's only like 21 caps for yeah. Connacht, but like that was just that was great. You know, I mean, that was Insta- something. Instantly became our most dangerous ball carrier on the pitch. And Van van der Flyer got him got involved in yeah. all that. So like there is that. But this brings it back to if it's Dylan and Van der Flyer that are nearly breaking through. Let's look at the leadership core there. So it, is is best being the leader? Is that affecting his game? I'm not sure. Um, I looked at them at one stage. I'm like going, okay, Rory Best and Jamie Heaslip are the two leaders in the pitch, and they're not. Commu- I didn't seem like they were communicating. It kind of just looked like it's all Sexton's team. Um, you're looking at the forwards to lead. There was one bit where. Dev Toner blocked um, I can't remember it was and it was given as a penalty and as soon as he did it Dan Cole retaliated on him and drove him illegally hit him shoulder charged him through a rook and Rory Best made he, he, he communicated with the referee about what had happened he goes you're penalising my guy for this but he goes why don't you look at the TMO like that you have to insist that has to happen you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's a key moment in the game where the referee has to be has to be made to do it and he's been he's been trying to communicate with referees but it's not you got to bring your force of character. You got to bring your force of will into it. Yeah. Um, that we're just not seeing it now. It's easy to heap, and this is what happens. Look, the captain. It comes back to the leadership. It comes back to the captaincy, and it's easy to pick out Rory Best. He's still doing so many good things, but that jumped out for me, you know. And then when he left the field, I was, who, who, who's the leader? You know what I mean? Because uh, at least he was there trying to do it. Those couple of things were. That's that's my concern now. Like what we do because the young guys. The silver lining is that there is a youth there. There's an inflection of youth. Mm. And there was one other thing that 
Um, they clearly what they did was never mind Saxon being put through the ringer. Conor Murray, the punishment he got put through, like Marler hit him with a forearm to the head when he scored his try. Yeah. Haskell got Simbin for his hit on him. Hartley, it's come up that replay in the last few, in this morning that he might get sided for a belly flop on top of him. He landed on him heavily. Right. He got he got put through it and he actually was wrecked by the time he had to come off he had a very good game and Redden came on and up the tempo and all yeah. that but they they know everyone knows now you you do Murray you do Sexton and it's so blatant and yeah. you have Ireland you, yeah. you have a you have a snooker like. yeah and so uh, just on the uh, I don't know to what extent we are moving away from the power play but Bernard was saying maybe we're beginning to adapt as other teams have adapted to us did you see much evidence of that yesterday did there you is there's been bits of Ireland's play um, throughout this Six Nations that are encouraging them. We're yeah. going to try, we're trying to do different things. But it's very clear we're still in the game plan. We get left behind a lot, so we do as an Irish team tactically, you know, and it's, that we have been sussed, you know what I mean? And yeah. that, you know, so we're not, we, every time we, we go back to what we know instinctively, and that's, so, no, we haven't making a great leap, but it is in the team. We see it against the Minnows in the World Cup. We saw it against Scotland last year. The team now has to play that way. And win the next two victories, which is completely possible at home. Mm. It has to be done without this uh, confrontational manner, up to a certain extent. You know. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Gavin was asking you there about the line out. Yeah, listen. I think that if you look at the, the personnel we had, um, you know, Donnie Ryan's a good line of forward. Devon's an exceptional line of forward. Um, you know. Josh actually is, is is quite good in the air. He's not as tall, but he's easy lift. And Jamie and 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 CJ are capable of winning their own ball. So we had the we had the personnel. Um, listen, Paul has been running that lineup uh, his whole career, and um, even though Dev runs it in Leinster, no one in uh, that I know uh, have played with or have watched. Um, apart from Victor Matfield, um, run, run, ran a line out like like Paul O'Connell, um, and Peter Manny was very helpful to him in terms of giving him, I suppose, feedback and ideas during a game in terms of where the space is and um, out calls, etc. Obviously, um, you know, I think Rory Rory's very reliant on 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 Devon making the right call. Um, so the the system is that the you know the hooker goes to the spot. The liner caller calls, you know, his 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 banker ball, and then his opt out options. The, the prop transfers that information to the hooker, uh, and then it's very much reliant on on Dev. Now, Bordwick is a is a is a is a young forwards coach who's obviously excels in, in that area as well. And um, I just I just felt that uh, England gambled and um, they gambled to gamble right. And obviously Ireland, I think that Ireland were so conscious of getting quality ball off the towards the back um, that they took the risk in terms of throwing into that area even though um, it was heavily defended and, and unfortunately we lost out um, you know the other side of the coin is you do what England did and you, you kick to the corner you throw to the front and you get smashed into touch um, you know ball off, trying to maul off balls off the, off the front of the line is pretty difficult particularly when you're uh, physically smaller than your opposition pack so yeah. It's a it's a it's a risky business. Ireland unfortunately lost some key balls against France um, in the attacking in the in the A zone as such. Uh, made a bad decision, I felt, when he kicked the corner early against France. The very we went for a front peel, uh, which is high risk. Whereas we saw against Italy that the French mall defence wasn't good. So there's been a few question uh, questionable calls, but that's normal when uh, you know when someone who's been around and dominated the sector moves on. Um, you really only realise the influence uh, and the the luck you had to have someone like that. Well, Bernard, did um, did Maro Natoje do a job? Who is like only a kid, and he, he looks like he's going to be as good as an under tw- as dominant as an under twenty as he will be as a senior player in time. Yeah. But did he do a job in the air on them? He seemed to be twisting lads before they even came back down to earth. He's a yeah, no, he athlete, did. If you look at if you look at it again, um, even the ball that England didn't win cleanly in the air, um, they did a brilliant job of actually. Disrupting on its way down and getting into those uh, those cracks. If you can get a mall set per- properly, quickly, uh, and get the ball to, get the ball to the back, um, it's pretty much next to near impossible to stop it um, with, with the, without giving away a penalty in the, in the current um, the way it's refereed at the moment. But what England were very cap- very good was just getting in those breaking those seals, those connections um, before that ball got to the back, and they just made it an absolute mess. And it was. You know, if you look at England's pack, they were incredibly well drilled, um, and they were very effective. 
Ireland again, if you look at why we won the two Six Nations, um, we were we had a very high success rate of being able to kick into into the into the corner and score off it. And unfortunately, we don't. That's not an arm we have at the moment. And again, when you were a team, we weren't winning games by a lot. And you take away a significant uh, source of tries. Um, that's a that's an issue. It's yeah. a big issue. So we're almost trying to find our identity again in an, in a, at a point where we've been completely analysed and, and maybe worked out is a strong way of putting it but uh, teams have adapted to us so we're, we're trying to reimagine ourselves here Bernard essentially Yeah we are and listen we, we were we were very good line them all we had a brilliant defence in terms of uh, not, not conceding tries we were a little bit passive but we didn't concede many tries because we were very hard to break down we were very fit um, and we had very good discipline so the opposition they weren't scoring many tries and then they weren't getting many kickable penalties. Um, they were, and we were dominating, we were playing this, uh, a lot of, a lot of high kicks. And even when the opposition caught us, because they were contestables, it's very hard to actually launch anything off that. Yeah. Uh, and also we had very good power plays. Um, and, but the, unfortunately at the moment, there's only so many power plays you can come up with. So a lot of the similar ones are being used. Um, so would you see new ones very often these days? Ah, no, this is the odd one, but like, it's very hard to get line breaks from them anymore, you know what I mean? Um, and I, obviously different coaches have different ones, uh, different ones, but we, if you look at the All Blacks, okay, um, or the or the Wallabies, they spend less time on, on power plays and, and strikes and more on their actual shape. So, um, the best ball to pack off is counter-attack turnover. Um, so they'll have, they'll have, a, you know, and three or four different strike plays with two or three different options on them, and that's just to get into the gain line. And after that, their their philosophy is built around um, their ability to to create space through their positioning, and then obviously the quality of their lines of running, their passing, their option taking. Um, probably in the northern hemisphere, um, if you look at Argentina against Ireland in the World Cup, if you look at there hasn't been a massive shift in. The way the Northern Hemisphere teams are playing the Six Nations in comparison to the way we did in the World Cup. Um, now, is that just are, are all the Northern Hemisphere coaches saying, "Well, we, you know, this is this is short term, or for the next three years, this is what we're going to do, or we're going to do this even in the next World Cup, and it'll work," or um, or are they saying, uh, "No, we, we're going to adapt o- over time, but the Six Nations isn't the time to, to start implementing that." Um, that's that's the that's the question. But there's a massive shift. There's a massive difference in in the philosophies of of the Southern Hemisphere side, apart from South Africa, and the Northern Hemisphere teams who are very very st- structured, um, and we we rely on that. If, and if if we get stopped um, over the first three phases, uh, we struggle to to be able to get go forward after that. Mm. The season's right on the edge now, though. Um, if we don't. I think we have to comprehensively beat Italy and Scotland or it's it's a disaster, you know. So yeah, the worry for me on that one, Gavin, is that is Scotland. Um not that I think Scotland are, are are brilliant, but the way they play and the way we defend, um and again yesterday if you look how how passive we were, how slow we were to get our quicker guys at times in the outside in the outside channels. Um Scotland Again, look, even go back to the, the pre-World Cup warm-up in the Viva. Mm. Um, they're a side who can keep the ball. Now, again, they're somewhat limited, um, and we can probably beat them up um, you know, with the ball. But defensively, uh, there hasn't been a big shift in in our defensive style uh, since the World Cup. There hasn't been any shift. And that's a worry for me that... Uh, Scotland would ask questions of Italy, fine. Um, but I, I'd be worried. I'd be worried about Scotland's ability to keep the ball for long periods and make us make 180 tackles again. And is that going to hurt us at the end of the game? Yeah. Eddie Jones, by the way, was uh, speaking to Irish journalists afterwards, and the a bit Mike, messy. Well, the Mike Brown uh, Connor Murray incident arose. Well, the referee adjudicated on him, mate, and it was fair. If the ball's on the ground, you're allowed to kick it, aren't you? Do you not think it was a bit reckless, though? Like the ball, the, was the ball on the ground? The ball was, I'd say, around a foot away from where Connor's head was. Was the ball on the ground, mate? No. It wasn't on the ground. Where was it? it had he been tackled? He had been tackled. Yeah. Then you can play the ball, mate. You don't think it was any, any way reckless? Are you allowed to play the ball? You tell me what the laws are. He took her 
Are you allowed to, are you allowed to play the ball if it's on the ground? I believe it's reckless. I just wondered if you thought it was reckless anyway. Well, the referee didn't think it was reckless. Why should I, mate? Well, you can give your opinion, mate. The referee's adjudicator on it. If I say something about the referee, then the, then the headline tomorrow is Jones complains about the referee. So I'm not going to give an opinion, mate. Something wonderfully threatening about the way he says mate at the end we, of all these we, we actually had him on a really good line of inquiry and then we got sidetracked with that one. The Mike Brown thing was the referee called it as... Um, Accidental, accidental reckless play or whatever. Anyway, he called it as he called it. And I, I actually, now when I looked at the replay this morning, I realised that um, Murray did have it in his hand and yes. still got kicked in the head. So he could get sided or whatever and all that. But we were, we had Eddie Jones on a really good, the, the thing that Eddie Jones did this week and he, and, and it showed, it brings his, it brought his character into question was the Sexton comment about his, Sexton's parents, right? It was, it wasn't, it was, if it's gamesmanship, it's not on, right? It was just a step too far in my opinion. Yeah. And like, everyone knows what, what's going on with this thing all the time, but that was just, and we had him on that, and it was asked off the top, do you regret saying that? And he goes, oh mate, that's a sideshow, I'm not dealing with that anymore. Basically we won the game, who cares? No one talked about my, uh, my, my eight half, so I won, you know, I got what I wanted to achieve. Mm. Which is clearly what he did. I think what he did, how he did it though was wrong. Yeah. So I actually wrote about his parents in Tomorrow's Irish Times, and um, I thought that was a fair enough way of, um, <laughs> readdressing it but we did get him back to it and uh, after all of that when he talk, dealt with the Mike Brown thing which he, he dealt with quite well there I thought he uh, we got back and he was asked do you regret the comment a few times and uh, he kept going no. about the Sexton parents uh, yeah. yeah 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 so we kept him on that one for as long as we could and he was he was he was grilled pretty highly on it like saying look it's not right it's not wrong and the English uh, print journalist did it as well on Thursday did the same thing and um like he, he's well up for it. He did turn around after the uh, the the press conference and goes right. I'm not doing media until the day before the Welsh game. I've had enough of this. Hmm. But then he had to go down and do the print again with English and Irish journalists. And uh, he's he's an extremely entertaining man. He turned around at the end, which was um, he turned around and he goes, I'm just an Australian convict, you know. <laughs> oh look at me, like no big deal. And uh, he just makes fun of himself. He really truly does not care what anyone thinks of him, and yeah, he will true. do whatever it takes to take the focus off any player that might be under pressure on his team. He lied about Launchbury all week to get it. So it, uh, Itoje came in under the radar. Yes. And yeah. he put all the focus on Sexton so there was no George Ford, no Owen Farrell. And uh, he clearly had Owen Farrell riled up because he dumped Sexton on his head. Tw- dumped Sexton, like flipped him onto the ground twice, yeah. you know? Yeah. So he uh, turned out, he kind of afterwards they're going, I, I thought it was wrong what he did. But afterwards when you're chatting away to him, going, yeah, it's kind of hard not to laugh and like him, you know what I mean? Even, <laughs> even when he says the most scurrilous things you can imagine, you know? Yeah. Uh, Bernard, are you dropping these kind of bombs in your uh, press briefings in France? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, I'm, I have to say I'm a bit biased because I, I actually got to know Eddie Jones and I'm, I'm a fan of his uh, as, a, as a coach and great coach I find, I find him yeah and I find him uh, good company and I actually um, he doesn't take himself too seriously he's a bit you know next week if, if with, with early game against Wales you know uh, I don't know if he'll be able to stick to the uh, no comments to the media before <laughs> the day before the match and uh, you can expect a, a little bit of uh, back and forth from, from him and Gatland I think the, the Mike Brown thing looks really bad mm. um, but I, I genuinely believe that uh, he saw the ball he went to 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 kick out of which unfortunately he's in the rules um, and it's not a great rule to be honest no. it's always dangerous yeah. uh, and it's only a matter of time before and there has been injuries to scrum halves as well who've in the process of, of uh, going to dig it out um, get a boot so I actually I think that once the you know if you can't contest with your hands uh, well then uh, you shouldn't be allowed to use your boot because it does lead to uh, it's too dangerous you know what yes, I mean uh, yeah. but I think there's absolutely no malice unfortunately I think that the ball was free for a second and uh, Connor instinctively picked it up when he got the first uh, when, it, when he got the boot on, on, on the eye um, and it was really it was it was on the backswing that uh, Brown was 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 reckless and but uh, I just think the, the rule is the is the weakness there. But uh, um, okay. I think Eddie Jones has done a very good job of, uh, in a, in a very short space of time. When you when you think, you know how low that group must have been, um, and he's he's playing mind games, but he's getting them he's getting them playing for him and playing for each other, and uh, they're they've got a different set of values than they had on Lancaster. And that's important, you know. It's important for every every group to not try and copy someone else. Find out, you know, what they're about and how they're going to behave. Um, but on the field, 
they're they're a higher team to beat than than they were. Dylan, I think I think Dylan Hartley is captain and trolling absolutely everybody in your press conferences. It's pretty clear what the tactics are. Yeah. Uh, final final point, Gaff. I I just think we did get a little bit pressures on that. If that was Rob Carney came through that rook and swung at that ball, would we have been grilling? Okay. Would we have been grilling Schmidt? We wouldn't have been. Yeah. Like, you no, know, sure. So, like you know, we lost, the game was beaten. You know, it was. I think it was fair enough to 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 go after Eddie again on the because there is there is a standard and there has to be kind of respect among pro professionals and I I think he 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 stepped over the line this week with that but. Twenty-one ten. he doesn't care no he, he really doesn't care uh, great analysis lads Bernard thanks for being with us thank you Gav cheers for coming to the studio ok that was Gavin Comiskey and Bernard Jackman on England 21 Ireland 10 Paddy Mulligan's coming up shortly but meanwhile in Gaelic football the Allianz League saw wins for Roscommon over Cork Donegal against Mayo and Kerry at down in round 3 in the Saturday night game the Dubs left it late to edge out Monaghan at Croke Park and it was a busy weekend in Congress, as delegates passed a motion introducing the mark to GAA. That's generated plenty of talking points, but tune into Off the Ball for more on that and more of the debates on that issue. Now to Paddy Mulligan on the weekend soccer. OK, I'm joined by Paddy Mulligan, former Chelsea, uh, Ireland and Crystal Palace fullback. Um, Paddy, we're going to start with the Capital One Cup final. Obviously, it's the first bit of if silverware. They, if Liverpool had won, you wouldn't have started with that. <laughs> no, I definitely would That's not That's just have. to keep me happy. Yeah, but, um, okay, results-wise, wasn't great for Liverpool, but then you kind of look at the overall performance as well of individual players, and they left a lot to be desired. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, yet again. I mean, City really should have been out of sight over the 90 minutes. Uh, Sterling missed two great chances and uh, should have had a penalty. Moreno, I don't know what he was trying to do and when he took down Aguero, just can't figure out. I don't know how the referee missed it, but he did. So um, before the Coutinho equaliser, uh, um, uh, City should have had the game really sewn up. But however, they didn't. And that's a, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, an area of concern too for City yeah. um, and for, for Pellegrini, of course. Because um, Aguero wasn't really firing on all cylinders yesterday. And that's, a, that's the sad part about it from a Liverpool perspective, that they couldn't take advantage. Um, but too many, too many Liverpool players are just not up to the standard, and I think Klopp knows if he if he ha- if he's not realising it, he better realise it very very quickly. That, yeah, you know, there's five or six players there at least, and I mean kind when I say that, that are just I mean for me, and I just flatter to deceive yet again. Uh, Moreno is all over the place. Henderson doesn't seem to be the player that he was before uh, before the injury. Um, Coutinho will flit in and out uh, out of games, and Sturridge is 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 definitely. Um, not anyway near one hundred percent fit. Yeah. yeah, he was he was absolutely, you know, out in his feet in the, in the last ten fifteen minutes, and I don't know why he wasn't substituted. But whoever he probably had nothing much on the bench either. He probably well he he did bring in Origi, um, but then the other alternative was probably uh, Benteke, and he is, he appears to be a a goner at this stage as far as as far as Klopp is concerned, and and you can't blame uh, blame Klopp for that. Um, Sacco Sacco threw a wobbler um, when he. I can't understand for the life of me how how he how he did how how he got injured because he's coming onto the ball and Chan is in front of him. All you do is give the call, stay out of it. That's the only call, stay out of it. Or how he like how, how he, he could injured. have avoided the collision. Yeah, yeah, of course, could have avoided it so easy. He's coming onto the ball. Give Chan the shout, duck, get out of the way. I'm coming through. That's all that has to be done. Yeah, but no, does nothing, and then uh, uh, suffers the consequences. Um, the 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 one critic well I I probably have two criticisms of Klopp. Um, is that why he gave Mignolet a five year contract or whoever? Yeah, it gave seems Mignolet a five year contract. Yeah, because every other game Mignolet is at fault big time. Now I know Moreno was at fault as well because Moreno if Moreno was in a good covering position he would have just headed that ball clear. Thanks very much, no problem. Yeah, and Mignolet wouldn't even have to attempt to save. But when Moreno made the mess up, Mignolet has to come to the rescue and failed miserably yet again. And and that's that, that's a, that's a, that's another huge area of concern. <laughs> Mind you, Liverpool have so many areas. It's it's frightening at this stage. And also, I couldn't understand the the placings of the people taking the penalties. Not for the life. Oh, really? No, no. Just, it just in terms un- of the order. Yeah, order. I couldn't. I couldn't understand that. Uh, by all means, pay, uh, put China in. But I would have put Milner there as well. Sturridge, I think, wasn't capable of taking the penalty. And and yeah. Klopp is saying that he wasn't. That he was. That that, that he was gone. So okay, then we have to we have to trust that and 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 leave it be, but uh, to let Lucas go go uh, uh, um, second, then Coutinho comes up, and I don't know what he was trying to do. He stops, he starts, he stops, he starts. Then he he, he telegraphs where he's going to play the ball, 
handy save for the goalkeeper. Everybody, oh, the goalkeeper's great. Handy saves for the goalkeeper. Lalana forever misses penalties. So you you just couldn't have him. I mean, uh, it would have been be- it would have been better if if you got Klein to go and take the penalty. Yeah, you know, or or, or it's just or get Henderson to go and take the penalty. I don't know, but players have got to stand up. They didn't stand up yesterday for the run. Take nothing away from City. City, I thought, were by far the better team over over the yeah. ninety minutes. And Liverpool, yes, came into it in the in the in the especially in the second half of extra time. But look, it didn't do didn't do enough. Yeah, um, obviously this is Pellegrini's, possibly his last trophy if they can't go on and win the Premier League and Champions League. Uh, just looking at City as well, I mean, they look far more resilient. They seem to have learned the lesson anyway from the 4-1 defeat uh, that they suffered to Liverpool a few months ago. Yeah, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been hard because Liverpool have gone back. You yeah. know, I mean, Liverpool hit a day that day. City were, I, I watched that at that day and, and, and I said at the time, look at Liverpool fans, don't get carried away because City were quite pathetic. It was like when Liverpool went to Sanford Bridge and beat Chelsea 3-1 yeah. and, and just rolled over Chelsea. Chelsea just didn't want to know City were in the same mode. Yeah. So they, 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 for me, were two very, very false results uh, that Liverpool got. Thankfully, they got the six points, otherwise they'd be, they'd be in relegation trouble at, the, at this yeah. moment in time. They'd be down on, 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 on uh, around 30 points or thereabouts. But however, um, they're there. City, um, I think that City, the, the best chance I think City have of, of winning anything else this season is, is, believe it or not, is the league. But they've got a big game now again against uh, Liverpool again on Wednesday night at, uh, at Anfield. So that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna t- test the men from the boys. Now their attitude has got le- le- still leaves a lot to be desired because really they, sh- they should have been out of sight yesterday. There's yeah. no, I'm a Liverpool fan, but look at fair is fair. They they really should have been out of sight and they weren't. So they didn't put Liverpool at a sword yesterday. And if they if they if they keep uh, giving teams a chance to get back into games, well maybe the League Cup is is going to be the only trophy this season. And, and uh, perhaps Leicester, good lads, Leicester, you keep going on and you go and uh, go go and win it. Yeah. Um, back to the Premier League now Tottenham possibly could be the team that pips Leicester at the end of the season if all goes well for them but looking at their like just be, just after the game actually Daniel Rose who scored the winner was just saying um, he was speaking to Pochettino before the game and Pochettino was emphasising that he was most worried about the Swansea game that's almost probably a good sign of the attitude at the club there that they're actually putting focus on what looks like weaker opposition rather than you know talking up the big games. Yeah, because before it seemed to me that that at Spurs, they 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 didn't respect yeah uh, as they would class it lesser teams like the likes of Swansea uh, in 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 Spurs' own mind. So I mean, it's it's a lesson that that's that's been learned and and uh, uh, judge, uh, going by their attitude. Um, against the teams like Swansea, when they yeah. when they when they should be beating them, they are actually beating them. Yes, they lost to Leicester home. Yes, they lost to Newcastle uh, when they really should have been beating Newcastle. Leicester Leicester did very well there. Um, but when they if they pick up points, I mean United won leagues. Man United won leagues over the years on on beating all of the of, of the teams that they should beat. Yeah. But losing to the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal yeah. and Chelsea and so on, but still they still they went on and, and, and won a league. So Spurs Spurs are not Spurs are very much in the mix. Let's be let's be very clear about that. Yeah. And and uh, themselves and Leicester are, are really the two the two uh, the two hot shots at, at the moment. And you wouldn't rule out Spurs uh, doing something they haven't done since sixty sixty one season. Yeah. And under uh, under the great late great uh, Bill Nicholson. And Leicester, of course, uh, fighting toward up to the end. I mean, I think. There's probably an argument that they might actually find it harder to play against the types of teams, like for example Norwich, who yeah, they're packing defenses. Yeah. They're, you know, they're 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 playing ten behind the ball and they're trying to hitch on the break, and that's always that's always a very very dangerous game. Yeah. Um. But but I have to say that Leicester's attitude on Saturday was absolutely brilliant, and you know they kept on uh, they kept on plugging away, uh, and when they got the, the the opportunity, the ball was stuck in the back of the net. Yeah. You know, a, a great run down the right, smashing ball from Mares. Yeah, uh, in the first instance, to to, to go and pick out uh, um, Albrighton, he made a great run down the right, whipped it across the base goal. Jamie, when your look is in, Jamie, you've already got a toe, uh, got a toe to it, but it fell beautifully uh, for uh, uh, Yoa at the, at the at the far post, stuck it in the back of the net. But that was that was the beauty of it. At that, they had two people. You know, you know what I loved about it, that Vardy made a run to the near post. Yeah, and oh yeah, made 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 a run to the far post, and you you don't see that too often with with, with teams these days. They all want to yeah. you know, centre in around the middle. And say, oh, I'm not going to get the ball, but one made the made two of them made the run, but one made the run to the near post. 
cover that near post ball and then the other one um, the far post Lujo yeah. then at, at, the, at the far post absolutely brilliant well done Leicester great stuff yeah and I suppose finally uh, the big story of the weekend in outside of the Capital One Cup final was uh, the young guns of Manchester United or Louis lads as they're being known now uh all by chance, it's gas, home, it's yeah. gas how, 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 he, how it's all come up like this. Yeah. You know, with, with all of the injuries, they weren't getting the, these lads weren't getting a look in. No. You know, and, and uh, Martial gets gets injured in the, in the warm-up the other night and uh, in comes Rashford and, and uh, the rest is history. Two, yeah. two smashing goals the other night and then two, two great goals yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the, especially the header. He yeah. knew exactly what he was doing with the header and he knew exactly what he was doing with the, with the, with the first goal. He just absolutely buried it. So I mean, I always love to see young lads coming through yeah. like that, and and uh, long may long, long may it continue. But it's after getting Van Hal, they've, they've had three victories now in the week, albeit against uh, um, inferior opposition, opposition in yeah. the two of them certainly with Shrewsbury and, and Michelin. But uh, to go and beat Arsenal yesterday and to beat them as convincingly as I as I thought they did uh, was it was a wonderful result for Man United. Yeah. It still doesn't get Van Hal in my estimation. It still doesn't get him out of the woods. He's a long long way to go yet. But look, at it, it, it's after help and no end. Yeah, and one thing about Rashford, like just as he, when he came off in the second half, uh, the person who came on for him was Adnan Yanuzai. So I suppose there's that danger of overhyping players because Yanuzai was pretty much in the same position this time two years ago. I'd never hope, I'd never overhype a, a young lad. He's, he's, yeah. after, he's after doing marvellously well, uh, two goals the other night, two yesterday, an assist as well. The run that he made for Herrera's goal was was a wonderful run. Now, Colchelny needs locking up for not going with the runner. This is, I, I've been on about this for a long, long time. That's yeah. why I don't rate Cacelli. He doesn't go with the runner and he should have been going with the runner. And, and, and Rashford made the run, made a great run, then had the good sense and, 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 and football intelligence to go and play the ball back to area. Yes, he got a, 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 a lucky break with the, with the ricochet off, off, uh, uh, off Cacelli. But look, they, des- they deserved it because it was a wonderful run by Rashford and, yeah. and, and a smashing ball back. He saw Herrera uses football brain and, and you can't ask for any any, any better than that yeah, it and was, it's no more than United deserved yeah and it was a weird result in a way or at least looking at the game beforehand when you kind of think <coughs> it's me. Arsenal in the past used to be accused of they, like their, some of their games against the big teams being kind of men against boys they were playing against a team that was full of boys yesterday with plenty of men on their own side and they still for some reason and it's almost inexplicable sometimes they still came out on the losing side and they looked so flat they're, they're, they're weak mentally yeah, and that that that's a that's a huge problem for him. Theo Walcott was up front. It took him twenty eight minutes to touch the ball. Theo Walcott. Yeah, now that tells you all you need to know about Arsenal. And when he did touch the ball, he lost the tackle. Herrera played the ball wide to the right. Varley knocked in a good ball. Thanks very much in the back of the net. Yeah, all from Walcott losing the ball in the centre of the in the centre of it, in the centre of the field where he didn't go into the tackle correctly. If he got into the tackle correctly, he would have possibly won the ball, or at the at the very worst, it wouldn't have broken to where it broke. But no, he didn't. He took he took the easy way out. Yeah. I didn't understand with the two central defenders that United had that Giroud wasn't playing, and they just pumped the ball into him. Get Pete, yeah. get, get if he wants to play Walcott wide, play him wide in the right, and get him down that flank and get him the whip balls across and get let let Giroud uh, uh, um, blind and and Carrick as your two central defenders and. They weren't even worked yesterday. Yeah, bad, bad, bad tactics, bad decision by 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 Wenger. I'm I'm a big fan of Wenger's, but he got things he got things horribly wrong. I think yesterday, and yeah. as I said earlier, Arsenal's attitude leaves an awful lot to be desired. They're 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 so called better. I mean, Ramsey was running around like a headless chicken yesterday. Didn't know, didn't know what he was doing. You know, he, they've got to start getting a, a, a grip of games. Yeah, and Sanchez as well. Sanchez has not been the player since uh, since his injury either. He, you know, he he's, he's flattered to deceive. Yes, I, yeah. I think Sanchez is a, is, a, is a wonderful player. But yesterday, when the chips were down, Arsenal were found wanting. Take nothing away from United. I thought United were, were by far the better team yesterday. Yeah, um, that shows you how far Arsenal are after falling down the pecking <laughs> order. Because United are no great shakes. No, they're an awful lot better than what, what Arsenal were yesterday. They made Man United, and they had a desire, despite and, the fact Man United played well, really well yeah, as well. And do you know what it was? It was the young lads. Yeah. The young lads from Man United yesterday showed absolutely no fear, showed uh, um, showed respect for Arsenal, yeah. but show, showed scant regard for reputations. And that was the beauty of, of, of Man United yesterday. They just went and said, right, we're going to have a go. And Rashford, is, 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 he, he gives so much energy to, uh, yeah. to United. And what he does is he runs defenders ragged that United front men have not been doing. Yeah. 
he's on the go all of the time and he's causing problems for, for, for he caused problems certainly for, for Mitchin the other night and also for the Arsenal back four yesterday and and I, I just thought it was, I thought it was brilliant and, and Louis van Hal is after stumbling across these players and utilise them as, as best he can now that he's found them don't let them go yeah, he did a little bit of stumble on the side. And he did a bit of stumble himself, the lunatic. Yeah, in his own in his he's, own way. He is a character. That's that, I think that's the thing we can all like about him anyway, yeah, at least. He's, he's getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> was he was he was he feigning injury? He was No, he was uh, Sanchez <laughs> yeah. apparently he thought Sanchez had, had, dived, had dived and yeah. he was demonstrating what Sanchez had done to the referee, or at least in his own eyes. Yes, of um, course. <laughs> it, w- it would be. Then yeah. he falls back. The miracle of it was he got back up again. <laughs> I thought he was there forever. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the memes and stuff. Maybe on, some online, people were hoping he was there forever. <laughs> some United fans, possibly. But I think uh, if if the mood music that's lifted a little bit from uh, the the win over Arsenal kind of stays on for a little bit, maybe. I don't think he. I don't think he'll be staying on beyond this season. But maybe it just uh, it might see him kind of coast towards the end and. Slightly, a slightly more positive mood, anyway. Yeah, and 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 leave in a in, in a better frame of mind yeah. for both for both Man United the supporters and 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 uh, and Louis Van Hal. Yeah. I I I would be in, in your corner there, Rav. I I think that uh, he will be he will be gone at, uh, if yeah. not before the end. Of, certainly certainly at the end of the season. I just think is the bridges are burned at Man United for him. Unfortunately, so. But yeah, and you don't you don't like to see a. Uh, um, any man uh, maybe gets a sack or be under the pressure that he's under. But look at he he's decided to win the football management. It's a dirty business. Yeah. Let's be very let's be very clear about that. And if he thinks that that uh, everybody at Man United or any club for that matter are going to be honourable and all above board, but then I'm afraid he's living in cuckoo land because unfortunately that doesn't happen. But one fellow will say something to you and say, "Oh, you're a great man. Oh, don't worry, I'm on your side." And then they could turn around and knife you in the back. You just don't know what's what's going yeah. on at some at some of these clubs and. Yeah, well, there's a whole <laughs> midweek of fixtures as well now to. Oh yeah, forward huge. To as well. Look forward so to yes, Liverpool indeed. Liverpool City, Arsenal, Swansea, and uh, West Ham, Tottenham, which is always a a big rivalry, particularly since the whole stadium situation uh, cropped up. Uh, and then look at look at the one we've got to look forward to next Sunday, Arsenal, and, and yeah, and, exactly. And, or Saturday next Saturday, Saturday, Saturday yeah, Tottenham, Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Uh, quarter quarter one kickoff, Tottenham and and, uh, and Arsenal. What a what a huge one that is. A huge one, like if Arsenal lose that, their oh, title Arsenal, race uh, for them. Arsenal is couldn't afford over. it. Could, I don't think Arsenal could afford to lose yesterday. Yeah, but if they lose at Spurs and it's done. and the North London derby, no, forget about it, Mister Wenger. I think you could be under under the microscope as well. Yeah, but anyway, Paddy, cheers for joining me. A pleasure indeed. Thank Thanks. you. Okay, that was Paddy Mulligan talking to me about the weekend soccer, and that's it for this week's rewind. We'll be back with you next week. Thanks for listening in. The Monday Rewind.